Hello and welcome to Soaring to New Heights. This is your one-stop shop for all things women's footy in the brown and gold. My name is Tim and I'm joined by co-host Liam. How are you this evening? Uh, I'm going well, Tim. Very excited for tonight as always. Nice to be recording in Melbourne and all the better for talking to you. So, good, great things are happening. Absolutely. And speaking of great things, Liam, we have a special guest who's joining us on this podcast. She was the 10th pick in the 2022 AFLW draft, being the sixth pick in the Victorian pool. Another young hawk who balanced AFLW in year 12 in 2022 and did so with great aplomb. A young woman who is regarded as arguably the nicest player on the Hawthorne AFLW list, but is also considered to be one of the most intelligent, as shown by the fact that she's currently studying a law degree. A young woman set to soar to new heights in our forward line over the coming years. We welcome to the Soaring to New Heights podcast, Bridie Hipwell. Thank you, guys. Happy to be here. Thank you very much for joining us. Obviously, big game last weekend where you, you came up against Melbourne. Can you talk us through that? What was it like going out there, obviously, against a, a class opposition? Um. Yeah, I mean, kind of in the week leading up to it, we were just looking at it as just a real challenge. Um, you know, they're the best. And as everyone would have seen on the weekend, they're the best for a reason. Like, they're great. Um, so, yeah, I think we just kept that mindset of going, let's just try and um, do something exciting, you know, see what we can do. Unfortunately, it didn't quite go that way. And um, the score wasn't probably what um, we wanted or what was reflective of the game. But yeah, it was it was exciting, a bit daunting, but you know, once you're out there and the siren goes, just footy. I mean, you you played very well as well, all things considered. I mean, some of us have tipped Melbourne to go undefeated since the end of last season, so they're a pretty good team. But we'll we'll circle back to that that game. But you have quite an interesting sporting background from the research we were doing. So can you just tell us a bit about your sporting background and what brought you to footy? Because my understanding is you didn't exactly start when you were really young, like a lot of others would have. Um, yeah, I sort of grew up doing little athletics, bit of nippers, um, some basketball. And then I started playing netball um, when I was about 12 or so. And then, um, you know, dropped everything else to netball because I just fell in love with that. Um and played that quite competitively and and then um kind of in primary school had a bit of a little I think it was called like a lightning premiership carnival against the other local schools um on a soccer pitch an oval like 40 meters long um and that was kind of my introduction to footy um and then the next year my dad um decided to coach a local team and I went around school in year seven asking um, the year sevens and year eights if they wanted to join um, East Sandringham Zebras. So I kind of gathered a few girls together and um, we started a team there. And so at that stage, I was still playing netball as well. Um, And very silly, my rep team uh, actually trained on a Sunday afternoon, of course, when local footies played and I'd rock up with mud on my knees and it's got my socks too long because I've got my netball socks and they weren't very happy. And then eventually I just went, no, no more netball and chose footy and stuck with that from about um, when I was about 16 or so. So, yeah, that's when it sort of kicked off. But, yeah, so I didn't start until I was about a bit later than others. So I didn't do kick or anything, but, yeah. You haven't looked back since taking it up. That's certainly for sure. Now, you spoke about playing 
for Sandingham Zebras. And you also played some footy with Zoe Babakos. And then you went on to play with the likes of Jazz Fleming, Charlotte Baskaran, and then also Laura Elliott uh, when you were playing for Vic Metro in the under-18s. Did those relationships help you to settle in when you came into the Hawthorne AFLW team? Um, definitely. It's funny, actually. Me, um, Jazz and Charlotte played together when we were 14 or so in the um, school sport of Victoria team. So I've actually known them for quite a while. And then, yeah, came across them in um, Vic Metro and things. So even coming into Vic Metro was quite nice. Um, and then I had Zoe at Sandringham Dragons and then Laura as well at um, Vic Metro and things. But, I, yeah, it definitely made it a lot easier. Like I already had established all these friendships coming in um, and so many familiar faces. So, you know, a lot less name, uh, sorry, names to learn, which helped. Um, but yeah, definitely made the transition a lot easier having those familiar faces around. And then you get drafted along with them, obviously, but you have reading back through your draft profile, one of the most unusual draft profiles I've seen because it was undersized key forward slash midfielder. So <laughs> can you tell us a bit about how the club went about working out what your best role would be? Was it a matter of where they thought you could play best or more a matter of where you'd fit or a combination of the two? Um. It's interesting that it says that actually, because I am not really um, the size of a key tall marking forward. Um, and I probably, I think I played maybe a few games in the midfield in um, NAB League, so that might be why it's there. But I think I was always um, had a position in the forward line coming into Hawks. Um, yeah, I haven't really um, tried anywhere else. I did a bit of mid in the VFL, but I think that was just to, you know, give it a go and see what happens. Um, but, yeah, it turns out I am up there with one of the talls in the forward line, so I'm kind of, a, um, what O likes to say, the forward line coach, um, a hybrid forward. So, yeah, a bit of everything, I guess. It's nothing wrong with being a utility or a hybrid. That's certainly something that uh, that looks good on paper in case you needed to break into other areas as well. Now, last year, your first season of AFLW, you were managing to play football while also juggling year 12. Can you talk mm. to us about the difficulties that came about through that? Yeah, it was an interesting one. And I remember when I got asked for feedback about um, if they should change the date of the draft, I said, without a doubt move it because it's just it's not ideal um yeah so I was in June so mid year holidays of year 12 I got drafted and got straight into it but it was just managing like the excitement and like wanting to just invest everything into footy and like taking the opportunity like and just soaking it all in but then having to then pull back and be like no this is year 12 like um you know like I kind of looked at it as year 12 was my priority like I made footy um you know Hawthorne and stuff so I and the conversations I've had with like Beck and the um PDM at the time was yeah year 12 was your priority and we'll support you through that but one of the main difficulties was just not just having to hold back from just diving straight in and not being able to go to training every week and um stuff but yeah there was a few times where I had a sack the next morning and I'm just like at training going trying to go over things in my head because you know it's all I can do at the time but um yeah I think it was very difficult but also I had a very good support system around me where it also wasn't too difficult at the same time like um I was able to have those conversations and say am I able to leave training 
and miss maybe the family dinner or something so I can go home and get an extra hour of study before um, my sack tomorrow or something. So although it was very difficult um, like that, it was also um, it was an environment where it was made to be very easy. Now, in the side last year, we had Kate McCarthy, who was a school teacher. We had Tilly Lucas Rod, who was doing <laughs> some uh, some support work in terms of working with children, uh, and then we also had Cashy, who at the, at that stage was a a full time prep teacher. Were any of them helpful in terms of helping you to, I guess, uh, learning different ways and and how to go about trying to to balance it? Um, it's interesting you say that because when you really list it like that, I had a lot of teachers around me um, and probably didn't quite lean into that as much as I should have. But I guess if Cashy's a prep teacher, it's a bit different. <laughs> um, Kate McCarthy was at Cedar, I believe. So that was also um, a bit different. And then Tilly was doing um, support for VCE. Um, yeah, I didn't really gain much from them, but I did have conversations about you know, year 12 and things. So it was good to be able to at least get it out <laughs> to someone. Uh, no knock on them, but you looking at some numbers that were made public after your results came out, you didn't need their help. Um, <laughs> That's not a criticism on them. Your The numbers, I was looking through some clients' numbers and yours popped up as well. They were quite exceptional. Um, <laughs> speaking of school, you were also told about your debut at school. Yeah. Um. How was the experience, both of being told and then as we transition more to footy as well, of actually debuting at Punt Road Oval in some interesting conditions against a good team? Yeah, that was, um, it's a very funny story. I was actually driving to school in a bit early um, and I drove past someone and went, oh, they look quite familiar. And it was at the time, I didn't know, but it was um, the Hawthorne, one of the Hawthorne's media people. Um and I drove past and parked and walked back and made, my, uh, made eye contact and he's gone, oh, and like ducked in the car. And I haven't really thought too much about it, but in hindsight, it's very funny to laugh about now. And then the head of sport was waiting out the front and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Anyways, I go into class and, um, you know, there comes Beck and it was, yeah, very, very special um, thing to happen given my um circumstances of being at school and things it was quite funny actually my friend um texted me after and was like um why is your coach walking through um our school <laughs> and she was quite upset because it was like the one class we didn't have together she wanted to be there but um yeah it was crazy and then to play that um that weekend against Richmond um my opponent I can't remember who it was it might have been uh, someone from Richmond said oh I think it was that we played on a Sunday and I think she was like, oh, do you have school tomorrow or something? And I was like, what? <laughs> kind of looked at it. I was like, are you trying to get in my head or something? <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was crazy and I had all my friends there and there was a few teachers there and they were so loud and I remember watching the game back and you can just hear in the commentary um, them laughing at my friends because you, you could hear them on TV, like that's how loud they were every time I went near the ball and it was just, yeah, it was very special. Certainly a wonderful thing to have all those people there supporting you and in your debut game as well, which is absolutely fantastic. We get to 2023, season eight of the AFLW. You get a full preseason compared to what you had with season seven. And you've been tipped to be one of the big improvers by all pundits in terms of the Hawthorne AFLW team. Can you talk us through the preseason? What was it like actually being able to do a full preseason? And what were your goals that you were looking to achieve? Yeah, I couldn't even, like, 
looking back, I miss so much um, training and coming in late and then school and not being able to go to every training and things. Um, so having the opportunity to have a full week, every single week of training, um, I just reflecting back, like I feel like I've just made such improvements from the start, just like the extra skills and like time being able to invest with coaches and in the gym and things. Um, so I think it's just been so great. And yeah, I feel like I've come a long way just from like 14 weeks ago. I have a long ago. It was a bit more than that actually. Um, but yeah, like it just makes such a difference having being able to in, like invest four days, five days a week into footy compared to like two or whatever I was doing last year. And yeah, let's hope the AFL makes it easier for players to invest their time in it. Um, we know there's a associated, but feel free to um treat the competition with a bit more respect, AFL. So um, we're nearly halfway through the season now, and I don't want to go on any more tangents like that. But um, how have you found the season as a whole? Obviously, you know, one and three is not ideal, but you know, Melbourne are pretty good at football. Mm. So that's one that you write off the wrong word, but you know, you wouldn't necessarily expect that one. But how have you found the season as a whole, both individually and as a team? Um, well, individually first, I think, um, I've been, well, sorry, I forgot to answer your question here about, um, goals. And I think one of them was like, just getting a lot more confident. Um, and I think even the last few rounds, I've just kind of still been a bit in my shell, hesitating or like, like, oh, like, oh, like, you know, trusting someone else to have the ball in their hands over me, just things like that. And I feel like even though Melbourne, yes, they were perhaps a team that we would struggle to beat. Um, I think that was a real game for me where I just went stuff it and just started to play the sort of footy I've been wanting to play just with a bit more freedom and confidence and, you know, flying, um, spoiling and um, just things like that. So it is interesting to cut against, you know, the best team there is all of a sudden I've come out of my shell. Um but, yeah, so we had a really good win against the Doggies. That was a close game. Um, Freo, frustrating one. You know, um, speaking to a lot of people, you'd, you'd hear them say we played three quarters of footy. That first quarter was just um, not us and not how we want to play. So, yeah, that one was a very frustrating one. And we'll look back at the end of the season and go, we really had a chance there and just kind of um, blew it. And then Essendon, I feel like, um, being in the forward line, our structure changed completely um, how we wanted to play and kind of tweaked a few important things. So even though it's only round um, well, five this weekend, I think we've um, come a long way as a team from round one to round, well, round five this weekend. So it should be good. Another challenge this weekend. Now you were speaking earlier about being one of the tools as uh, as Lou Watton would would say, even though you only stand at 174 centimeters, round one you were playing with Sarah Perkins, and obviously Perko was the leader of the forward line. Yeah. Round two, Perko gets admitted. Who stepped up as the leader of the forward line? Because we've got such a young and inexperienced group who are playing in there. Obviously, there's yourself, there's Anya McDonough. We have a, a relatively young forward line that's in there. Who's been stepping up and being the leader of that forward line? Um, yeah, that's a really good question. Because especially when Perko was playing that sort of deep forward, she was really the voice. Um, I think 
Oh, because Anya was on the wing that game. Like she's come back into the forward line, is now obviously a bit taller than me. Um, so it's good to have some height back there. But I think she's really come in and um her voice is really good and she's leading it. But you know, you've also got Greta Bodie and um Gilly's really um a big presence back there as well. Like she wasn't really playing there in the um um game on the on Friday night against the D's, but you know, her voice was missed because she's so loud and you know, she always has a good little rev up speech for us all. And so yeah, so though Perko was um did get omitted, we still had um voice around and leaders around that um we didn't lack that. So yeah, a bit bit from everyone is what I'm trying to say. Uh, speaking of stepping up, it's actually something you've shown a tendency to do both against the Giants last year and the Dogs this year, kicking key goals late in games when even if the rest of the game's not going your way necessarily, you've really stood up when it mattered most. Has that always been a trait of yours or is it just something that's shown itself a couple of times in your first few AFLW games? Um, Yeah, I think it's just looking back, I think I actually got the goals the same way. It was a tackle in the forward line. Um. So maybe that has something to do with it, a bit of like games on the line, pressure's high, really just giving it all. So um, if you really look at it from that way, it could be um, that because, yeah, I think both were forward 50 tackles, um, which ends up in the goal. So, yeah, I think a bit of that, you know, the game's really on the line and just got to give it everything. You spoke earlier about coming out of your shell and being able to play a bit freer, especially in the game against the Ds on the weekend. How do you go about continuing to make sure that happens week after week? Yeah, um, that's a very good question. And I wish I had an answer for that because I've been thinking about that myself. Don't worry. Um, And I think it's just taking that confidence and like just trying to bring it with me. So I was speaking to Anya actually. She's um, really good with this stuff. She was just saying if you can – if you're having that game against Melbourne, like the best team, you can do that against anyone sort of thing. So I'm trying to have that mindset um, for the rest of the season because, yeah, I think it's important that I keep performing to what I know I'm capable of because um, the first few rounds where I was a bit quiet and a bit hesitant to go and things, whereas, um, yeah, I really want to play with a bit more presence in that forward line. So, yeah, hopefully that continues. How are we feeling as a how are you feeling as a group for another tough test this week? Is excitement or is it trepidation or what's the feeling for a test against the Lions on Sunday? Um I think majority it's a bit of excitement. Like it's just another challenge and opportunity to, to really play some good footy against another arguably top three team. Um they're undefeated as well. So oh, are they I could be wrong. I lost no. Ramon to Richmond. The Richmond, yeah, I was about to say that's not true. Um, well, still a very, very good team, you know, who was in the grand final last year. So, you know, imagine if we can do something special and make it a really exciting game. So I think just having that optimism is how we're all looking at it. And, you know, um, Bates and Greta from Brisbane too. So it would be exciting if we can do something special for them. When Mac Eardley came on to our, our podcast recently, she spoke about the goal being that the team wanted to make uh, the top eight, obviously, by the end of the season. That was sort of the aim that the team had. And that 
each player came up with their own goals in terms of working with coaches. We were almost at the halfway point of the season. Yeah. Do we now go back to the drawing board and evaluate where we, we've got to so far in the season and, and then look towards the rest of the season? How will that happen? Um, yeah, it's an interesting one because it's, it's crazy. We're literally halfway through the season. Like 10 grounds is just not long enough. Um, yeah, we do have um some stats as well, as well that we're looking at um week by week every few weeks that to give us a bit of perspective of where we've come from and where we're at um compared to the competition in um the rest of the competition sorry um so yeah I guess perhaps maybe especially after this round where it is officially halfway through we might have a bit of um a look back at where we are and stuff but I think it's just the we just want to keep playing good footy and keep improving sort of thing. So um, whilst last year we were really aiming for like developing and growth and stuff and this year we have um, established that we want to be competitive and assert our like offensive and ferocious brand of footy. Um, so I think we'll just keep building um, and just have that goal of, you know, playing the best footy we can and stuff. You yeah. spoke. Yeah. I was about to say, you you spoke about Beck, obviously, using last year in terms of development uh, and then looking at sort of that, how we've, we've come along so far. It was really fascinating hearing her talk in the, the post-match press conference because she spoke about the trial match against Melbourne and then obviously mm. playing Melbourne. And you can see that development that's occurred so far. Is that something that she's really honing in and focusing on with the players? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um like they they are premiership team for a reason and we do have to look at it in that light as well um that we are very new and they're very very established and um there was one key thing I took from that press conference which she had also said in our um team meeting after the game that we had 31 inside 50s and they had 30 so we had more well, taking like you know, op- just as many opportunities to score and get it into our half of the ground. It's just um, capitalizing on our opportunities and getting some goals and working that out. So, like that is something that I've looked at and gone, wow, like we we aren't as far as we think we are. Um, so yeah, we do look at it in that sort of way as well. Just quickly circling back to what you said earlier about 10 rounds not being long enough. You're very much pre- preaching to the converted on this podcast and this audience, to the audience. Um, just ducking kind of away from footy for a split second, one of us can speak from experience about the demands of law school. You're yeah. currently faced with them whilst having an increased commitment to footy. How are you finding that balance compared to year 12 and footy? Um, it's It's different. So I've um, opted for doing a part-time load um, for this semester and then I was doing a bit more but not quite a full-time load the first semester just to ease into it. But, um, yeah, I feel like it doesn't end. and I'm, It doesn't quite come too easy to me, so I feel like I have to put in so much extra work just to, you know, quite get it. As you would know, it's 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 not, yeah, it's not easy. Um so it's not bad. So I think having two subjects was a very, very smart decision. It's made it a lot easier. But, yeah, if I was doing a full load, I don't think I'd manage. I would probably fail in every class. 
Now, this Thursday, there's a, a coaching clinic where obviously there's going to be uh, young kids who are coming through and, and getting to spend some time with their heroes. How does it feel as an AFLW player to know that you've got the next generation of, of young children looking up to you as an inspiration? Yeah, it's pretty surreal because when I when I started footy um, in 2017, that was the first year of AFLW. Um, even then, I didn't like see it as a real um, career pathway to have. Um, but now, like these girls and I'll be um, boys, of course, who have had this for always, but especially girls, um, seeing a real potential pathway into being able to play footy as a job and like I think that's just amazing because you know every other sports had that really soccer netball basketball um and it's crazy to think that AFLW only started however many years ago like that's just yeah crazy um so yeah I think it's pretty special and it's a bit of a pinch me moment every now and again when a little girl goes, oh, can I have your autograph or something? And I'm like, oh, like you just forget what's even going on. So, yeah, I love doing that sort of stuff. So I'll be there Thursday. Gives young girls something to aspire to and teaches young boys to respect women's sport a lot more. Like, no losers. Um, yeah, 100%. And just just one question, I guess we like to have a, get a bit of an insight into the team, have a bit of fun, I guess, with what you got, what you think. Um, who would you class as the coach's pet and who is the team pest? Who if you're, you know, when you go to Sydney in a few weeks, who, who are you like, if I get the rooming list, as long as it's not your name, I'm happy. <laughs> oh, coach's pet. There'd be a couple, I reckon, but first came to mind would be Jenna Richardson. Yeah, definitely, 100%. There'd be a few others, but she was first came to mind. Um. And pest. <laughs> oh, that's tricky. There's um I reckon Emily Everest, Sherpa. <laughs> I think that's we might, uh, to, we might need to add an aside from Emily Everest Everest caveat to that question. <laughs> that's what I was about to say. Poor old Sherpa. She's been put in there a fair few times this season. It's uh, a bit different. Last season we had Akesh was uh, was one of the ones that, that got mentioned because of her her love of uh, Instagram living at all sorts of hours oh, yeah. for uh, for people rooming with us. So yeah, poor old Sherpa has copped another one, but it was Akesh and Anya last year all the time without fail. Oh, everyone's a bit of a pest sometimes. I reckon <laughs> I'm sure I am too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you very much for giving us your time, Bridie, in the lead-up to the game against Brisbane, which is being played on Sunday afternoon at Kinetic Stadium in Frankston. Hopefully, we'll see lots of brown and gold there in terms of Hawthorne supporters ready to cheer on our AFLW team. Awesome. Now, it brings us to the end of this episode. But before you leave, if you haven't already liked us on our socials, please make sure to jump onto Twitter and Instagram at HFCSaw or Soaring to New Heights on Facebook. Yeah, we take on the Lions this week, as we've already mentioned a few times. will be the halfway mark of the season, unfortunately. Uh, all the usual coverage. There'll be the bench after the game. Yeah, we're providing all the content you could want about women's football in the brown and gold, because Soaring to New Heights is your one-stop shop for that. We play our trade at Talking Hawks. There's content coming there for the men's trade and draft. Hopefully, we'll be providing some W content there as well. And, uh, Timmy, you got anything else before we call tonight? 
No, that that brings us to the end of this episode, Liam. Hopefully, we'll see the girls get the win against the uh, the Lions in Frankston on Sunday, and then we'll have to pay for that extra Zoom license so that we can make it go for uh, an hour or so. I, I still have the uni, I still have the uni account. Don't say it too loudly, Liam. They might hear it and take it off you. Oh, it's my brothers. Well, that now brings us to the end of this episode of Soaring to New Heights. And until next time, go the Hawks.